3: I want to start with last night because last night was, well, it probably felt like Groundhog Day for for many of you Eagle fans. And it's interesting because uh, what happens in those standalone games, what happened in those standalone games is that it's not red zone. It's not highlights. It's not people screaming at TV that that Carson Wentz needs to go, that uh, Jalen Hurts needs to play that you, you get a chance to see for yourself the entire thing develop. And what was a look at one point in time, it was a 14 to nine game and the, the Eagles very much had opportunity after opportunity to win that game. And then they just lost control. And the big reason is Carson Wentz appears by my estimation, among other things to have lost his confidence. You know, the things we don't talk enough about on radio, on TV, Is a loss of confidence. I think he. he, But the other part we haven't necessarily circled in on is the real story of last night was not about Carson Wentz. It's about the Eagles not being able to handle success. It is a tale as old as time. Getting there is hard, staying there, more difficult. Remember Lane Johnson? Remember that? Wasn't it cool when he said, we're going to have fun? So much more fun here. You having fun now? You having fun now? And if we really are honest, yes, that Eagles Super Bowl roster was loaded. It was a good football team. They were the best team in football, and their quarterback got hurt, and they still found a way to win a Super Bowl. If we're also honest, that year was a year in which was probably the weakest NFC that you'll face. Remember the Eagles got off to an 11 and 1 start, 11 and 1. It was the first year of Sean McVay as head coach. It was um it, it was a, a season where Zeke was suspended so the Cowboys didn't make the playoffs. It was the final year of Ben McAdoo with the New York Giants. Remember, that was the year that they decided, hey, let's um, let's sit Eli and start Gino for a week. So of the teams in the NFC or in the NFC East, you had two of them, the Cowboys and the Giants, that were abject disasters by the end of the year. In the NFC, Aaron Rodgers got hurt. That's what happened. To the, why weren't the Packers competitive that year? Aaron Rodgers got hurt. Case Keenum was the backup quarterback with the Minnesota Vikings. Remember, that was the year that Sam Bradford was the starter for one game. Played great. Then his knee would just start to disintegrate before our eyes and they had to replace him with Case Keenum. He was a backup. And with that backup, the Saints had the Vikings beat in Minnesota the week before. If you look out west, right, Arizona was a mess. That was before they signed Sam Bradford the following season. The Rams had just at the I mean, very early into the Sean McVay era. Right? And if you also look back, this was the Niners before they had acquired Jimmy Garoppolo at midseason. So when you look at the competitiveness of the NFC that year, their own division had two complete and utter dumpster fires. Then you look out west, which is now probably the best division in football, and three of those teams were non-competitive, and the Seahawks, who were the best team, best that was Richard Sherman tore his Achilles tendon. Earl Thomas was a you know was a nightmare. That's when he, they lost to the Cowboys, and he came in and told the Cowboys to come come sign me. It was Cam Chancellor's final year. It was the the Legion of Boom got old and dysfunctional. You have to go back and look and remember and say the best team in the NFC North was the Packers, only Aaron Rodgers got hurt. So then it was the Vikings who won the NFC North with a backup quarterback. The NFC South had the Falcons, who nearly beat the Eagles in the first round of the playoffs. And the Saints, who had the Vikings dead to rights beaten, only lost the Minnesota Miracle. So now we have North, South, West. told you in the East what happened. It was a joke of an NFC. And even with that, the first home game when they lost to the Falcons, the Falcons had the ball at the five, fourth and goal from the two-yard line, a minute five to go, and they ran a fade to Julio Jones, who had the ball and then couldn't hold on. It was a good defensive play. So if we start and we're honest, yes, that Eagles team was really good and probably the best team in the NFC, maybe the best team in football that year. But before even getting to the fact that Malcolm Butler, the best cover corner for the Patriots, basically didn't play in the Super Bowl, before we even get to that, Before we even get to that, we have to realize that the NFC that they went through was super, super soft. That's why they look so good, even with their own backup quarterback. Since they won a Super Bowl, what have they done? Well, they basically re-signed everybody. That was Howie Roseman brought back all of his guys and it was an us against the world. And Chip Kelly didn't know what he was talking about. He didn't value our guys. So he brought them back. They won a Super Bowl. And he's like, yeah, let's run that back. How does that work? And in the last two years, he drafted wide receivers. You go back to 2019, the second round, he drafted J.J. Arcega-Whiteside from, um, that's the cat from Stanford. He could have had Terry McLaurin or could have had D.K. Metcalf. Last year, he drafted Jalen Rager. He could have had, you know, Justin Jefferson, who's going to set like every record for rookie wide receivers, or Brandon Ayuk, or Chase Claypool, also all available. Howie Roseman and his staff, whoever is responsible for the draft, and ultimately it, it falls on it, they blew it with their top picks in order to rebuild their talent at wide receiver, and they've had massive injuries as well. They haven't fixed their offensive line. The coaching staff, the, the, the depth of the coaching staff was depleted. I remember there were questions about Doug Peterson to begin with, but their coaching staff was so deep, Everybody picked. Everybody picks apart whoever like like vultures. The champions, right? right now it looks like Frank Reich was the brains of the operation. He's able to make it work with an over the hill Philip Rivers and was decent previously with a backup quarterback. Frank Reich looks like he was the guy who knew what he was doing on offense. They just didn't know how to deal with success. It's. Yes, it's very hard to make it in any in any job. In any professional sports, it's hard for the team to. How long did it take to Philadelphia to finally win a Super Bowl? And in that division, as much of a mess as it's been the past couple of years, you got the Giants. They've won a couple. You got the Skins. They've won or Washington Football Team. Now they they've won three under Joe Gibbs. You know, Cowboys. Once upon a time, won three in what four years. They win three in a row and the Cowboys are America's team. They've struggled. It's hard. I'm not saying it's not hard, but you're the best team in football. Now you're three, seven and one, but our injuries, a factor sure. But most of it is you didn't know how to deal with success from re-upping with older players. And when you get older players, they're a little bit entitled and a lot bit broken down. That's one of the reasons for injuries. They missed on their early draft picks over, over the best, both the past two years, and they haven't coached up Carson Wentz, right? And he's lost his confidence, one, because he's not playing well and everybody's telling him he's not playing well, two, because he's not being coached well, and three, because none of the dudes around him to make him feel better even when he doesn't make a play. doesn't have to win every game. If you remember back to, um, there's a famous line from Cool Hand Luke, what we have here is a failure to communicate, right? What we have here is a failure to handle success. That's the real story of, They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to tirerade.com/sports to see their Firestone test results, tire ratings and consumer reviews. Be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires at a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's tirerade.com/sports tireac.com, The way tire buying should be. terms and conditions apply. Let's get to Chris Sims who joins us. Of course you see him uh football night in America. A little different this Sunday because uh Dungy was out at the at the game calling the game and so he and Rodney Harrison were 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 duking it out. How bad did you want to be in that booth breaking down how good Aaron Rodgers is?
6: Oh, well, I'm I'm always game for being anywhere Aaron Rodgers is. I mean, uh it's, you know, my favorite quarterback ever. I think it's the greatest quarterback of all time. You know, it's a team sport. It's, you know, rings, rings, rings. I understand that discussion and all that. But, man, just seeing Aaron Rodgers in person play a few times and things, I've just never seen anybody, you know, move the way he does. And the TV really does not do the football justice. You know, I would even say that with Patrick Mahomes. If you saw it in person, you'd go, whoa, that ball is humming a lot faster than I, it looks like on TV. And you can't get over how fast fast it spins the rpms on the ball for a 20-yard throw he can spin it harder than anybody and that's why he's got great such great such great control and can throw it through the elements in green bay all these years
7: all
3: right the juxtaposition of that with what the bears are throwing out there um Yikes. I, I, right like it, there's a there, there's there's a bunch of different levels to it one there's the fact that you're watching aaron Rodgers on one side and you're watching trubisky on the other Two, it's a standalone game. And as you know, and the ratings will point out, like those games, everybody watches and they watch every... It's not like Red Zone where you watch the good and then the bad, the highlights, and that's it. So, right. I mean, it was really alarming. And then the, the third part was, the first drive was great, but they had two drops in the end zone, broken up passes by the defense, and Trubisky was yeah. playing well. And then he gets the ball back and they're down, I think 13-6 to six at the time, 13-3 uh, to three at the time, and he just, you could see him lose his Broke confidence. And then, and then the team loses confidence completely like the yeah. defense, which has been good. I I felt like that was the opposite of what was needed to turn around the Bears season.
6: Yeah, no doubt. I mean, uh, you know, first off, I think the biggest thing, their defense, we haven't seen them play like that all year long. I'm sure that's what Matt Nagy's talking about yesterday in his Prince conference, talking about not acceptable. I can't believe we played like that. You know, it's a, it's been a Super Bowl caliber type defense all year long. And they're really better than what their stats say. You know, I mean – they would be statistically better if they weren't on the field every fourth play of every other drive because their offense never stays on the field. But I think that was disappointing. And with Noah Keen Hicks, you know, you see, okay, Rodgers is on his game. Whoa, all right, maybe they can adjust. But with Noah Keen Hicks, they had to worry about the run game more than they normally would, too. And now you've got to worry about Rodgers and an effective run game. I don't care what defense you are, that's going to be tough to stop. So that's one issue. You're right about the Trubisky Rodgers thing. I mean, hey, that's glaring, and the Bears offense is pitiful. I don't know any other way to say it. You know, we can talk about Trubisky. Yeah, they messed up on the draft. We know he's not Mahomes and Watson and all those things. But, you know, it's not it's not just Trubisky. I mean, we one thing we know this year, it's the offense. We've seen Nick Foles, the offense looks crappy. We've seen Mitchell Trubisky, the offense looks crappy. We could bring Brett Favre back. I think that offense will still look crappy. It doesn't matter. There's nothing to it. There's no run game identity. The pass game is very simple. And it's going to be interesting to see what the Bears do going down the stretch here. Because Nagy's an interesting combo, right, Doug? I mean, it's 12-4. and 4. It's 8-8 and 8 last year. It's 5-6 and 6 right now. I like a lot of things he does as a head coach. I just don't like the offensive play caller. And I'll just be interested to see where they go with this uh, as the year plays out.
3: Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you on that. I think it's fascinating because their schedule does lighten up here at the end. The defense did right. seem to, to to bottom out, um, and and I guess we'll just kind of wait and see. Uh, but I, I mean, I would guess that Trubisky's done there. I don't know about Nagy. It'll it'll depend on how his team responds to his his rant from yesterday. That's the voice of Chris Sims. Go ahead, yep. go ahead, Chris.
6: Well, I was gonna say. I mean, I think you're exactly right. The there's got to be a new quarterback, you know, in, in Chicago this year. Whoever it is. I mean, whether the Jets try get Trevor Lawrence, and you got to get, you know, uh Sam Darnold, or if the 49ers move on from Jimmy Garoppolo, if Atlanta moved on from a Matt Ryan, something like that. But you're right. They got to do that. And then, if they do keep Nagy, the thing I would just say is. They got to make sure. Okay, we'll keep you as the head coach, but you got to bring in a new offensive coordinator—not somebody you know that runs the same offense. Like something totally new that makes sense for our team. And I think that that'll be a conversation that happens after the year.
3: My assessment of Wentz last night: there was some good, there was some bad. I, I do think he's lost his confidence. I think that's why he's gunning balls in there. Yeah. Um, and I, I, you know, you and I have discussed this on air, off air when, you know, confidence is like the underwritten part of what makes you guys able to do what you do, right. To, to, right. you're not worried about the blitz in the defense or getting hit, getting your hold. You're just picking apart defense and you believe in all your prep and you believe in your talent. I feel like he's, he's lost that, but I feel like the real story to Philadelphia and you tell me if I'm wrong, it's an organizational disaster in what they've done since the Super Bowl. They haven't drafted yeah. well in the early rounds. They re signed too many players that were past their prime, and that's what's led to them getting hurt. And when they've lost a bunch of their assistant coaches, some of whom are on that Bears staff, okay, when they've lost, they haven't replaced him. And I think Doug Peterson has gotten a little bit exposed as not being able to handle more of the duties with a different staff. Tell me I'm wrong. Yeah.
6: Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to tell you you're you're very wrong there. You know, it, it's really it's a subject I talked about in length this morning with Mike Florio on Pro Football Talk, where you know I think you really you hit the the nail on the head there. It's more than just Carson Wentz. Yeah, I mean you are right there. Hey, he's not pass protected well. There's no weapon to worry about on offense. You know, he hears all the chat tra- the chatter. And, yeah, he's flustered. He's trying to make too much happen at times. You know, it goes back to the old, like, hey, he's seeing ghosts at times, not seeing things clearly. You know, the game's in fast forward right now. It's not easy for him because it's not easy for anything on the Eagles' offense. You know, Doug Peterson, yeah, he lost John Filippo, He lost Frank Reich, guys that were other idea makers in that offense in that Super Bowl run. You know, Doug Peterson's offense. Do I sit here and go, it's Kyle Shanahan, Sean Payton? No. But I sit here and go, oh, it's punny good enough. But with the offensive line injuries, you get into that conversation and all the, you know, movement there. And then I think the other thing that's really flown under the radar are the two things you said. Not drafting well and re-signing old players and maybe hanging onto the shelf life of that Super Bowl team just a little too long. You know, hey, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside in the second round last year. You know uh, the the kid they drafted in the first round this year at a TCU. I'm blanking on his name right now. Or Jalen Rieger. Jalen
2: Rager. Right.
6: I mean, all those receivers. And so there's two guys right there. Where man, there was a lot of good receivers left on the board. You blew it right there. You know, Deshaun Jackson, Alshon Jeffrey. Those aren't Doug Peterson problems. That, that goes back to Howie Roseman, older guy taking a chance. Yeah, they got an injury history. They're injured. They're all. They're not playing. You gave them money. That's the risk you take with those type of guys. So. Uh, I think you're right. It's all across the board. They need to kind of reinfuse their team with some young talent this offseason. And really, I think last year almost, Doug, was almost a detriment. The fact that they figured out and Carson Wentz played so phenomenal down the stretch and carried them to get them into the playoffs, I think it gave them a little bit of a false sense of, hey, if we're healthy next year. We'll be fine, and we're not that bad. We don't have to, you know, rip the Band-Aid off quite yet, and, and obviously that was wrong.
3: Chris Sims joining us from NBC Sports. Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, what do you think these the delays in the game do to the Pittsburgh Steelers?
4: Oh,
6: well, I, I think, you know, everything I know, it, it, it is it is truly just about stopping the spread, making sure it didn't go throughout the organization, and did they feel like they had a good enough hold on it finally, you know, with all their uh, technology and everything, to sit there and go, okay, we think we've got to figure it out to this group of guys, we've stopped the spread, we've got to contain all that. I think that's really all it came down to, um, and that's that.
3: Chris Sims joining us. Yeah, but uh, does holding off these, these games, does it hurt?
6: Oh, well... Yeah, I mean listen, I feel bad for Pittsburgh. I, I look at it that way, you know, I mean it it's it's brutal. I don't know what else to say. It really is. But they're not gonna forfeit games or do any of that. Pittsburgh who's done nothing wrong, they're gonna get screwed over. And then what I also challenge too is wait, Pittsburgh's gonna play Wednesday, Baltimore's gonna play Wednesday. Man, the Ravens get to play on Tuesday and Pittsburgh who did nothing wrong is gonna play on Monday. They're gonna get even the, the the short straw in the next week of games too, for doing nothing wrong. That's to me where it's a little bit BS, and uh, I'm just I hope we can just get all these games in and make it through the year with the way everything looks right now.
3: Chris Sims joining us on the Doug Gottlieb show is uh, is Jared Goff going to hold the the Rams back from getting to a Super Bowl?
6: Well, if they don't support him the right way, because he just you, you know as you know, and I think anybody who's watching close enough to go. Hey, he's a fine football player, but he's not the franchise, end-all, be-all type quarterback where we were just you know, talking about, like, he can't carry the team. As you see, when the run game and things don't work, their drop-back pass game, his ability to extend plays and make big throws, it's just not that special. And, you know, I just wonder, at when are we going to come into – stop paying some of these quarterbacks that I look at to go, their average starting quarterbacks, when, when are we going to stop paying them? Like they're like the whole team. Like we can't survive without them. You know, we've just seen too many teams with young quarterbacks on rookie contracts be successful, go to the playoffs, go to Super Bowls, do all of those things. And, uh, yeah, Goff is one of those guys that needs a support system. He is a system quarterback. He is not a Mahomes, a Rogers, a Josh Allen. Deshaun Watson are in the class of those type of players.
3: Chris Sims joining us on the Doug Leap Show. What happened to the Raiders? They won three in a row. Then they played the Chiefs. Yeah. And they, it was a good game, competitive game against Chiefs. Then they lay a complete egg against Atlanta. One of those games that most people didn't pay attention to except for going like, what the hell happened? What happened?
6: Yeah, I, I just watched the film a little, bit, a, a little while ago. I mean, the defense, first off, I think this is the first thing. Raheem Morris, he was there in Tampa with me and Gruden for all those years, the head coach of Atlanta. He was the assistant secondary coach to Mike Tomlin and everything. He's got great understanding of the offense. You know, uh, the the Raiders' offensive line, yeah, not at full strength, and they really struggled with blocking the speed of the front seven of the Atlanta Falcons, let alone, yes, they made mistakes and were asleep at the wheel. It's one of those where I – this is kind of the saying I go, they let the Chiefs beat them twice. You know, they lost to the Chiefs in the Sunday night game – yeah. They went home and went, man, we're pretty good. We're almost as good as the best team in football. And, you know, they got punched in the mouth by a team that's hungry and, and trying to, you know, save their season to a degree and maybe save the job for Raheem Morris to where he can be the head coach.
3: Chris, uh, the Doug Gottlieb Show rolls on here on Fox Sports Radio. Um, okay, you look at the Saints, and now they've won two, but they, they, the, the game plan was super, super conservative. Yeah, two two games in. Do you have any sense for if Taysom Hill is in fact more of the guy than people thought he was the guy before he took over?
6: Yeah, well, the first game. I mean, I know we talked about it last week. I liked what we saw in that first game against the Atlanta Falcons. You know, like we like we said, it wasn't perfect, but there was a lot where he went. I like that. I like the way the offense looked. I haven't really got to study this game yet. You know, watching it on Sunday and trying to keep an eye on it and all those things too, you know, I don't think it's going to be a game where we're going to get much out of it because it looked like Sean Payton, once he realized Denver's quarterbacks weren't playing, you know, they were probably going to play it close to the vest to begin with. And then they saw that and he went, wait, the only way I can lose here is if my offense turns the ball over and their defense scores touchdowns. So that made him even reel it in even more and i just don't know if there's enough there. So, i can't quite give you an honest answer about exactly what i saw in him in the past game, but i think your original thought was right there. There's just not much. You know, they they played the game to win. Sean Payton wasn't worried about the stats and how it looked and everything like that. You know, maybe we'll get to see a little bit more this week.
3: Um, okay. Where are you on on Arians and Brady? It, it felt like felt like Romo it felt like Brady uh, used Romo as like a surrogate, right? And he was, yeah. Romo Roma was pointing out the flaws in the offense. Bruce Arians came out and said, hey, look, you know, Brady lays out all the plays that he likes. Those are the only ones we call. Uh, where are you on the kind of back and forth between the two?
6: Yeah, well, I mean, what, it's still the same. Old, there still seems to be a little bit of a clash of styles and how they want to play. You know, Tom Brady, obviously good. I mean, we know that. And you can win a Super Bowl. Tom Brady, top 10 quarterback, is no longer a discussion. So everyone has to stop that. He's not capable of carrying the team. Hey, they had four third and fives or less to start the football game. He struggles when teams blitz him. He doesn't want to get hit, and he can't move. So go back and watch it. His two interceptions, the four third and shorts he had to start the game, were all blitz, all him panicking, not being able to move or make a throw. And that, to me, was the biggest issue of the football game. And that's why, Doug, you've heard me for weeks and weeks in a row where this is where I think there's a, a clash of, you know, uh, style here where it, it, Brady, he needs to be protected, but I don't know if he wants to play that style of football. You know, I know he wanted Antonio Brown there, which tells me he wants to be in the shotgun spread offense and throw all the plays that we've talked about. Welker, Amendola, Julian Edelman. Except Mike Evans is not the same animal as those guys. Neither is Chris Godwin. Their their offense is not built to run that type of old New England offense where Brady would pick you apart. Nor do Arians and Lepwich have the... Their their scheme isn't as diverse as Josh McDaniels and Belichick up there in New England in that department. So, uh, you know, this is... They were built to play hey, we're going to run a little, and then we're going to take some shots down the field. Now, you can't ask all these receivers who were built to play one way to change right. their game. Right. That's where it's a little bit of an issue, Doug, to
3: me. Uh, it's a lot bit of an issue. And then the back yes, and forth in the public is, I'm sure, a big issue for Brady, who he's okay being called out, but just publicly, well, I don't understand what the win is. For I, I
6: don't understand that either. I, mm-hmm. I'm with you. You're not, you're not accomplishing anything there except for now you're hearing people talk crap about Bruce Arians and how they don't like him.
3: Yeah, you know, and ha- and ha- it is his last year. He's retired. It's it's crazy. You open yourself up to criticism, right. which you 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 don't need to. Chris, hope you had a great Thanksgiving. Thanks for joining us. Look forward to hearing you. I guess midweek now, right? We're gonna hear you all the time now uh, with NBC having all these different games at different yeah. hours. Uh, no I'm-
6: pregame for tomorrow, though, so you won't hear me that tomorrow. No, no pregame. No I think pre-game. they're doing a little special on Ryan Shazier, and they're gonna go right to the game. So got it. Got uh, you'll it. just have to wait till Sunday to see my my face.
3: All right, and the hair—it was a good cut this week, very tight. Thanks, man. Kept very it tight. fresh for the holidays. All right, All right. appreciate it, Chris. Chris Sims joining us, Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio.
4: Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific.
2: There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge, or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables.
3: They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to tireact.comslash sports to see their Yokohama test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. Be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires at a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's tireact.comslash sports, tireac.com, the way tire buying should be. Here's Jim Harbaugh talking about the state of his program.
7: There's disdain for the process, uh, by, by some, but, uh, you know, to us, that's, that's the whole, that's the whole ball game. And, um, so. What, did you mean by,
5: learning. Yeah. what do you mean by I'm disdain from. for the process? I, don't, I think I don't,
7: sometimes, I mean, outside, uh, outside of the, of the, um, of the program. I think people, I mean, very results oriented. Um, and, uh, you know, that is, uh, and the process to us is, you was know, very important. So,
3: I mean, like, look, he's speaking in vague terms. Um, and if his process is look, Hey, look, I got two young quarterbacks. We didn't have a spring. We didn't have a good fall camp. We didn't know if we were going to play. Then we do play. And, you know, Wisconsin's really good. They kicked our ass. Indiana's really good. They kicked our ass. Uh, Michigan State is not really good, but Michigan State, as bad as Michigan State is, they did just beat, didn't they just beat Northwestern, who was leading the other division? Yeah, they did. I mean, it's just a weird year, and I don't know, has he earned the equity to have a bad season? I think the answer is yes. Process for him is about recruiting the right guys, is about you know, playing young players and watching them get better. Sometimes you're going to take some L's. Like, I don't think I, I this idea that he's got to somehow crawl his way back to the NFL, I don't agree with or understand. You know, the other part of the process is also like turning these young guys into men, and sometimes they're going to have to learn to deal with adversity. So maybe it's I'm too much on Team Harbaugh. Um, so maybe, maybe they're too much on, on Team Harbaugh. But uh, but I do believe that what happens, this happens way too often, is if you believed in a guy and his process before he had the bad year, then the bad year has to be taken just as it is. This is a weird year. I believe in James Franklin. Their win over over Michigan was their first Big Ten win. Doesn't stop me from thinking James Franklin does an amazing job. And James Franklin's been helped out by the fact that his best running back and his best player opted out. His best running back got hurt, you know, and they're kind of patching things together. And it's, it's good explanation more than excuse. But the results don't make me think that that James Franklin doesn't know what he's doing. The same can be said for, for Jim Harbaugh. Do I think he's great at communicating with the media? No, but I would say that most of these guys aren't. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to Tyreq.com/sports to see the Pirelli test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. Be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires at a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's Tyreq.com/sports. Tireac.com, the way tire buying should be. Let's welcome in Randy Mueller, who is, of course, a former GM in the National Football League, and his brother, as I pointed out, worked for the Philadelphia Eagles. What are your thoughts on how to go about fixing the Eagles if you were in charge?
7: Hey, Doug, good to be with you. Boy, that's a loaded question. I'll tell you what, I just heard a little bit of your response, and I'm not sure I can disagree much with it, to be honest with you. There's plenty of blame to go around. I think Carson Wentz has proven he's a viable NFL quarterback, but you sure wouldn't watch it, you sure wouldn't. Uh, you wouldn't see what we saw last year, the year before, uh, if you just watched the game last night, that's for sure, because his fundamentals, his everything has just fallen apart. And I agree with you. It's probably between his ears as much as anything. Having said that, I think Doug Peterson has let him down. I don't think their game plans have been uh, any type of weapons that he can use are, are not there anymore. So the game plans, the weapons around him, it's it's a combination of a lot of things, and I know nobody wants to hear all that, but it, it's it's a little bit to blame for everybody involved. I heard you talk about the fact that they've overvalued some of the players, and I, I totally agree. You know, there are 500 teams since the Super Bowl, so they have overvalued some of their players that they had. They paid them too much. They're in cap jail really because of it. So it's not going to be an easy fix. It's going to take them some time, and who knows where the dust settles after this season uh, to see what kind of changes –
3: this season brings on Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox sports radio, Randy Mueller is, is is our guest. All right, let's, let's get to the Tampa situation between Arians and Tom Brady. Um, I, I just full disclosure. It felt to me when he signed, like you do realize that Arians has had success with these guys that are bigger, deep, the downfield throwers. He's the no risk it, no biscuit guy, but you know, his guys were Roethlisberger, Carson Palmer, Andrew Luck. And, and they all took savage beatings. They all kind of got a little hurt, a little banged up. But they all, they all threw the ball downfield. Brady, since Randy Moss left New England, it was all underneath option routes. Get rid, he'd get rid of it so quick. You know, we, we'd ask analysts, hey, how come you can't get Brady off his spot? They're like, we'd like to. He gets rid of it too quick, right? We we, we really would. I, I just, I saw those styles in conflict and now the conflict has become public. What are your thoughts on how that marriage is this far into the season?
7: Well, it's obviously uh, a rocky ride to this point. I think their philosophies are struggling to merge in an off-season, especially where we had no practice, we had no OTAs, we had none of that. I concur with your thoughts about the New England way in that not only was their system set up for tom to get rid of the ball their personnel was set up for it and it really wasn't set up for him in tampa to do that and i think it took convincing of tom to get antonio brown involved and we heard arians early on say there was no need for him i think tom just kept beating that drum because he knows antonio brown can get away from coverage on short and intermediate routes just the kind of thing that you know evans does not do some of their other receivers struggle to do so tom saw it as a weapon. Uh, saw AB as a weapon in in working some of the magic that he did for so many years. It's a convergence of philosophies that I think it's going to be a struggle to solve. I, I I could see this thing, and again, I don't. They might make the playoffs as a wild card team. I don't know, but I could see a decision being have to have to been made there at the end of the season as to if it's Brady or Arians going forth uh, after this season.
3: I I totally agree with you. Totally agree with you. You know, it's it's fascinating. It's one of those things to where I think we do it as fans all the time, and sometimes personnel people do it. Randy Mueller joining us. He's a former GM, longtime personnel guy. His brother was a coach and a front office personnel guy in the National Football League as well. It's one of those things we do as fans. So we we look and we say, Mike Evans, Julian Edelman. Who wouldn't want Mike Evans, right? Who wouldn't want, you know, they had Amendola or Wes Welk or whatever. But the way in which Tom has to play, loves to play is – Give me the guy that is exactly where he's supposed to be when he's supposed to be there. That he can look at a defense and read on a third down option route what the right route is, what the right depth is. And I'll put that ball there on time as opposed to the, you know, look at the guys who haven't worked. I mean, Chad Johnson didn't work going back to the New England days. And it's not that Mike, it takes away anything from Mike Evans or the rest of the wide receivers. Those guys are gazelles, those guys, but not within the confines of how Tom is at his best. Fair,
7: Yep, 100% fair. I think it's hard to fill the job description, or, or, or fill the job, unless you know the description. And I think that's where the disconnect is. I think the job description was different in New England than it is in Tampa. And that's not to say that, that Bruce doesn't know what he's doing either. It's just a convergence of styles. Remember when Peyton Manning went to Denver at the mm-hmm. end of his career, it was f- factual that they ran Peyton Manning's offense. Peyton Manning talked to everyone else, and 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 it worked, right? They won a Super Bowl because of it. It's not that way for Tom. Tom's been doing things twenty years, and now he's the one that has to change. And I just go back to the old adage of it's hard to, you know, show a dog new tricks. I mean, it's yeah. just really hard. And and Tom Tom knows what works. He he's got his six Super Bowls. I mean, he's been there, done that. So. If I'm Bruce, I probably would have acquiesced a little bit, but it sure doesn't sound like that's going to happen at this point.
3: I don't even know if it's the acquiescing, Randy. It's the public stuff.
7: You yeah. know, to, today yeah.
3: today he comes out and tells Mike Silver like, "Hey, look, we give Tom the plays. He picks all the plays, and we only call those plays." Like, that's why are you telling anybody anything other than you know what? We just got to yeah. we got to make it better so Tom Brady can be Tom Brady. That's on us. Like, what? I understand that you may think, "Hey, this is Tom said he'd be coached just like anybody else," but. That's in private. In public, completely different. I can't think that Brady is
7: happy with that. I just think Tom's gone from one extreme to the other. I mean, you know you'd never hear any of that talk in New England, right? And Bruce is just one of those guys that just says it like he thinks it is. Doesn't mean it is like that, but it's like he thinks it is. So it's a total different world for Tom. Um, I don't know how it ends. I I don't know that it's going to end great, but I think they'll find a way to patch it and get through this year. And Like I said, they may end up as a wildcard team and and who knows what, what happens going forward. But I just don't see it being a long-term marriage, that's for sure.
3: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that one. Randy Mueller joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Boy, Aaron Rodgers looked good the other night. And it's, it's hard because the, the Bears, it felt like the defense was so upset at the offense that they even waved the white flag. It was just a pitiful performance. On the other hand, here's a Packers team that we know how to beat them, right? You've got to run the football and keep him off the field and frustrate them. Pressure Aaron Rodgers. But I look around I look around the NFC and everybody has some massive flaw, right? I'm not convinced the Seattle's defense. I'm not convinced that Drew Brees, if he comes back, will be able to throw the ball downfield. And the Packers have already beaten them. We mentioned Tampa. Like we go around the league and it's so you tell me, are the Packers tough enough to win a Super Bowl? To get to a Super Bowl? (laughs)
7: I think it comes down to matchups, and what I mean is who they play. That's really what it is for me. It's the individual matchups once you get into the playoffs. I, I trust the Packers as much as I trust anybody else in the NFC. I may trust the Rams second, but just because of the coach. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I think I, I'm going to bet on, on, on Green Bay maybe figuring it out more on offense because Aaron Rodgers than anything else. So I, I'm with you. Uh, everybody seems to do, they do have some flies. Maybe, you know, we have the Steelers in the AFC that are kind of running away with things to a point, but I think the Packers are going to be there at the end. I really do. I think Kansas City is going to be there, and, and you have some very few teams that you trust fully, like you say.
3: If, if you're Pittsburgh, how do you handle these next two games? You, you didn't have a bye week, but you did have kind of this extended time where you're, you're up in the air. Do you change yep. anything? Do you sit anybody? Do you rest anybody? Do you take anything off considering you had two games played so close together?
7: I don't think you do, Doug. I really don't. I think Mike Tomlin's the perfect coach for this, and every time you hear him speak, you just say, gosh, he gets it, right? And, and that's the case here. I mean, they've had a mini-buy. He's turned a negative into a positive. Hopefully they'll be healthier, you know, at least to start this week. I think if the game gets out of hand or if something crazy happens, sure, then you've got to sit some guys. But it's about momentum. It's about carrying through and, and trying to uh, – generate enough momentum that your guys are confident, but they're confident from playing, not confident from reading about how good they are. So it's a tough one to follow. We still have four or five games left, so I don't think they can take their foot off the gas in any way. This is the hand they've been dealt. I don't doubt that Tomlin will have them ready. I haven't heard any chirping, any complaining from them, like I have some of these other outfits when COVID enters into their decision-making. So I think the Steelers are really in a good position.
3: Randy, great stuff. Thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate your time, your incredible insight with your years of, of, of working in this league. Thanks for being our guest on Fox sports radio.
7: Anytime, Doug. Good to hear from you. All
3: right. Pleasure is all mine. Randy Mueller, good dude, former GM national football league joining us on the Doug Gottlieb show.